Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Aaron Rodgers again. Uh, I, 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 I think if I come back, I can win another MVP. No, you can't. It's Wes. I, I, I can't. I don't want to do the dunk. I don't want to play an all-star game. The season's too long. Get out of here. Zion, get back on the court. And Walker. But somebody said I looked like Kyle Singler one time, and I wanted to fight him. No, 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 don't point. Don't point. Don't Walker, point. Walker Filipowski. No. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. I still need to learn swimming lessons. <laughs> oh, judge me. It's Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're here at the 124th Army-Navy game presented by USAA. We're here in Boston at Media Row. A little quiet now, but tomorrow. Tomorrow's when it's it gets It's going to be jumping, jumping. I don't know who we're going to have on yet. There's a lot of options. we got a lot of guests. Media Row is going to be as crazy a Media Row as we've seen. Like at ACC, we usually have our schedule out. We usually have the coaches, the players. We know who we're going to have on. But there are plenty of options that we're going to have tomorrow. And so you're going to have to stay tuned when we're on once again from 12 to 3. And we're going to find out together. I mean, we'll probably find out, what, like an hour, two hours before? And then we'll just try to adapt just rock there. and roll, man. It feels like the calm before the storm. It, it today it's a little chill in here. Everybody's lax. But yep. it is going to be jumping tomorrow. And I'm excited about that. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Participate in the conversation, by the way, using hashtag uh, Army Navy USAA along with many of us here at Media Row. We'll keep you updated on all the events leading up to the game taking place in just a couple of days. December 9th, Saturday, kick at 3 p.m. You can visit ArmyNavy.com or follow in social media at Army Navy Game and at USAA. Let's send it back to Charlotte, back at the Planet Kia Studios. Time now for the Live Wire with Josh Fitty Marlin. Live Wire Connect. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. Up north to the down south. Live wires connect. What you got, Fiddy? All right. Well, yesterday, the talk of the show, the talk of the town, was the bombshell report that uh, Joe Person and Diana Rossini dropped for the athletic, taking us even more behind the scenes. Behind the dysfunction in the Carolina Panthers organization. Well, person joined the Mac and Bone show earlier this morning and said he understood why Reich was pressed by David Tepper to hire assistant coaches outside of his circle. I get uh, honestly why why Tepper wanted to, to try to do that. Because remember what the, the criticism was of Rule and his staff? He hired all his college buddies. Yep. All these guys with few, just a couple exceptions that didn't have much in the way of NFL experience. And so, you know, I went back and found some stories I was writing back in January and February last year, uh, or, or this year, last cycle, um, uh, from, and, and, and there were quotes in there that, you know, Tepper was using expressions like, hey, don't let go outside of your quote circle of people. 
and this should be a top 10 staff, and, and we've got the resources to do it. Do you think it's wrong of Tepper to say, look, I've got the money, I've got the resources, the, the, the money I pay you doesn't affect the salary cap? Is it a bad thing, Walker, if that's something that David Tepper is involved with in terms of the staff that Frank Wright ultimately or the next head coach puts together? We had the topic at the beginning of the show. What are the positives from David Tepper? What are the things that comfort us? And, oh, okay, he'll figure it out at some point. One of them is the fact that he is willing to spend a lot of money. I don't think it's bad that he's willing to spend a lot of money. I don't think it's bad that he lets the coaches know, whatever you need, go get whoever you want. What I have a problem with in this entire conversation is that he is forcing Frank Reich to hire guys that he might not want to. That's my issue. If he wanted to hire a Jero Avero, if he wanted to hire Jim Caldwell, and it was going to take more money than it might for somebody else, then, and David Tepper is willing to pony up for it, that's great. But if he didn't want to hire him, and David Tepper is still telling you, no, these guys are celebrated, they have success with whatever role they've served in the NFL, go get them. That's what I have an issue with. Because, Wes, we can all have been frustrated by Matt Rule bringing on his college buddies, but that's how staffs work. This is what you're supposed to do if you're a head coach. You get guys that align with your vision. You trust them to coach whatever it is, whatever position, whatever side of the ball they're coaching, and you let them go to work. But if they don't share the same vision and you're forced to go outside of your circle, yeah, it sounds good to have the diversity of thought that Frank Reich was preaching this entire year. But if nobody aligns, that's how you get people questioning one another. This is how staffs work, Wes. And so whoever is the next head coach, I would like David Tepper to continue to give him all of the resources that coaches need in order to hire the staff that they want to. I just don't want you to tell that head coach who to hire. And also, too, both sides are taking a risk here because if you think about hiring somebody that you don't know onto your staff when you already have somebody else in mind, you don't know what they think about you and they don't know what you think about them and how that dynamic's going to work with personalities and philosophies and things of that nature. And so for a guy like Frank Reich, when you don't let me hire, quote, my guys, and I'm going to hire somebody that I don't know, I don't know what they think about me because coaches talk and it's a very small community. And so guys could be like, man, I've heard this about Frank Reich or I don't like how he does stuff, but man, I'm just going to take the job because, you know, Tepper's going to pay me all this money and I'll come in there. And then as soon as things don't go the right way, that's when you really put the potential in there for things to go wrong and you get articles like what we got. And so that's the risk you run when you're bringing in coaches that you don't know. I'm sure that and, and also it takes the element of being able to source to figure it out. If you are going to hire somebody that you don't know like that and you talk to a couple of guys, say, man, I, you know, I'm not really feeling them like that. Um, you know, I don't know if he would be a good guy for your staff, but Tepper sitting there pressuring you like, hey, we got to get this guy. We got to get this guy, and, and I'm going to overpay to get him. It's just a bad mix all the way around, and you get the results that you've been getting. All right, Vinny, what else you got for us? going to stick with the Joe person audio. He was asked if his if he's worried about the confidence of Bryce Young as he's enduring a rough rookie season in the NFL. Young's got some, some really good makeup, and I think that, you know, a, a – change of staff, a, a fresh start, a new system, I think that will kind of like, you know, kind of reduce him, so to speak. And, I, yeah, I mean, I don't see him really developing bad habits or anything. I mean, And the footwork stuff in the pocket was interesting, and, and they're yeah. still working on getting him a little deeper in sets, which would be helpful. 
But no, it's it's a good question, Bone. But I, I I don't I think that this this kid's resolve I think is good enough that um, you know he gets a different gets in a different system. I mean I'm not saying he's going to end up being like you know the you know an MVP, but I don't think uh, I don't think this experience necessarily is going to like set him back. Wes, you touted Bryce Young the whole NFL draft process, and once Carolina went up to number one, you said he was the guy. After a one in ten start to his NFL career, are you losing confidence that Bryce Young might not be the face of the franchise for the Panthers for the next decade? Uh, not quite yet. I want to see what a good distance into year two looks like, and then I can really formulate my opinion because, as I said right now, he just doesn't have the requisite things around him to be uh, as successful. Has he been close to what I thought he was going to be? Not quite. but And he certainly had his share of mistakes and bad play, but that's to be expected of a rookie, and that's the thing, too. You know, we bring up several of the quarterbacks from the past and the present that did not that did not have uh, great rookie seasons. When you talk about the Trevor Lawrence's and and several other guys that you can look at. And so that's why I'm going to hold out because I've seen enough good from him to know that there's something there. Well, and this is what I want to ask you in particular. What's up with these deep drops in the protection, man? Like, we see that Bryce Young is on pace to be sacked the fourth most amount of times in a season compared to any other QB in NFL history. How much of it is Bryce Young not helping his offensive line out with these deep drops going deeper into the pocket? And how much of it is just, oh, the interior pass protection is about as bad as it gets in the NFL? Yeah, that's the thing. And we're going to get into that even more so on the next segment. But, yeah, the footwork, it does matter, and especially on those drops, man. And you're seeing it from Bryce, too, is what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. And and some of those drops, the footwork looks a little bit lazy. Uh, and also, too, if you're dropping too deep um that can hurt and so i can certainly see some of the gripes that the coaching staff had i mean these guys are experts they're coaches this is what they do so if they're seeing it for sure there's something there uh, i'm not going to put a huge huge amount of blame on it but uh and you talked about the interior line play i mean that plays a, a huge part into it too because when you can pressure and collapse the pocket from the inside and that's where size does come into things a little bit more when you talk about a smaller quarterback and his vision right the Directly in front of him is already clogged up with big bodies all over the place. Yeah, that's not going to help him at all. Yeah, I have a few more questions on that, but we can get to it when we have more time. I don't want to take any more of Fiddy's airtime away, so let's yeah, send it back to Planet like Kia Studios. What else you got for us, Fiddy? Well, yesterday was the day that Chris Tabor, the interim head coach of the Panthers, was scheduled to meet with the media. And this was an interesting question and answer I thought we got from him. He was asked if he's learned anything about the organization in his new role. What I've learned is uh, there's there's things that come across my desk uh, that maybe I, I didn't see happening. Uh, I try to get in early, write down a to-do list, and what happens is as I'm marking it out, more things come across that you don't anticipate, and then just trying to handle it properly. I think that's probably the biggest thing when you're just a position coach. You're you're in your own little world, and that's so that's that's all you think about. So uh, now you have, you have the whole thing. Uh, there could be a, a guy might, you know, he might have to go home. Maybe someone's sick in the family. Um, there, you might have to tend to uh, somebody else's problem, or or just making sure that you're massaging a problem uh, and smoothing it out before it becomes a, a really big problem. Walker, David Tepper said we can speculate on things. He gave us the freedom to do so, and he met with the media. 
last week. Is that to-do list is that, that, he, that he didn't get when he was a position coach that he, he's now getting against interim? Is that coming from the owner saying, uh, hey, Chris, make sure you run that play I showed you on Sunday, my man? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> if we can speculate, if David Tepper told us himself that we can speculate, then that's the direction I want to roll. That's the direction that I want to head with David Tepper saying to Chris Tabor, hey, here's all the plays that I came up with. It's on the back of this Dunkin' Donuts napkin. Here, take it and apply it to the play sheet going into the next game. <laughs> that's what I want to see from David Tepper. And Chris Tabor, as we mentioned, made a couple of moves immediately. He got rid of Josh McCown and he got rid of Deuce Staley. And that was also something that was a little eyebrow raising when we saw that that because it felt like McCown problem, Deuce Staley problem, or at least didn't share the same vision of an interim head coach, Wes, that isn't going to be here more than the six games that he's going to coach this season. Yeah, that's why some guys are made for the small chair and some guys are made for the big chair. I mean, when you're a position coach, like he said, you are off in your own zone. You're paying attention to only the things that pertain to you and your job and keeping said job. But once you get to be the head coach, you take care of everything. Everything is on your plate. We've heard head coaches talk about even having to pick games Gatorade flavors and things of yep. that nature. So there's so much more uh, on his plate. So he's not used to that. But I'm sure he can do a good enough job for the rest of this season. All right. What else? You have any uh, any other sound bites for us, Fiddy, before we end it? Yeah. Little, I wanted to follow up, though. What Gatorade flavor would you pick, Wes, if you were the head coach? Uh, fruit punch every time. That's what I'm on. Oh, uh, man. Fruit but, punch guy. But what about stains on the white jerseys, though? You got to think about this stuff. See, Wes? It's not all about the flavor, well, man. Well, the players need to be more cautious of their <laughs> drinking habits. <laughs> but probably but you got be a face and, mask in front of your face. Like, you got a whole bunch of stuff going on. You don't want to worry about spilling. Yeah, and the frost, the the blue, the the uh, the baby blue, the Houston all the blue one. I'd go with the yellow. I think lemon lime. Lemon lime oh, is always God. a good way to go, too. It's a classic. Lemon Fitty. lime is a good. The, the, yeah, the classic Gatorade flavor is a holy trinity. It's fruit punch, orange, and lemon lime. I don't know why Fiddy is giving me. He just said he, he gave me the exact opposite of a sagebrush take. It was the same words, but a completely different feeling. Yeah, Instead of, lemon lime oh, is God, really good. It's, oh, God. Why'd you give me the, oh, God, Because lemon lime is it's just not good. Like it's. I'm literally drinking it right now. That's well, what's happening. That sounds like a you problem. The last piece of audio I want to play is from the Panthers quarterback, Bryce Young. He was asked how he blocks out all the negative noise that's coming the team's way at 1-11. Really just by putting my focus and, and attention um, in, into what I'm doing. Um, you know, a lot of time, obviously, is spent in this building and spent towards, you know, towards towards Sundays. Um, you know, practices, the meetings, the stuff before and after, whatever it may be. That takes up a lot of time. So a lot of that is, is done organically. And then just around that, just, um, you know, just don't really surround myself with, with, with you know, outside stuff, with, with social media, with whatever it may be. Um, the times that I'm, you know, football takes up a lot. The times that I'm not, it's, you know, it's stuff that isn't really football related that my mind's at. So um, because of that, um, it, it's not, not too hard for me. Wes, that answer was a lot of player speak, if you will, but it does feel like, that Bryce Young, even though he's a rookie, does a really good job not letting the outside noise impact what's going on with him inside the building. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, one of the things that he picked up from 
being in a program like Alabama and just the type of player that he is. I mean, Bryce Young is the type of player, as I've always championed his uh, football character. This is a guy that I think understands that adversity is a part of the game, and he knows it's something that he's going to have to deal with. And all he, for lack of a better term, getting into my coach speak here, is all he can control is what he can control. And so he knows that either way he's going to have to step out there and be QB1 each and every week, so he needs to be prepared. I'm sorry, I got a really interesting text on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. We need to get drum on our research. Okay. Because Durs from Huntersville says, I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to use fruit punch flavor because it's too close in color with blood. Which would make a lot of sense. Mm. L- little barbaric, but it makes a lot of sense. It does. All right, so we're going to research that during the break. When we come back, we hope to have an answer for you. And we'll continue to talk about Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. How can they get this thing back on track? Is it really all because of the footwork? And will that lead to less sacks of Bryce Young to close out the season? It's Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's going on, folks? We are back live from Boston. It is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, out here to check out the 124th Army-Navy game, celebrating the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party out here in Foxborough uh, at Gillette Stadium, the house that Tom Brady built. So that should be a lot of fun. Walker and I are going to try to stay warm out here, but keep the tech coming on the Charlotte Men's Clinic text line 704-570-9610 also don't forget to hit that social button on X and on Instagram for WFNZ also West Bryant underscore 72 at HTB underscore Josh and at Walker Mail on X and on Instagram as well and Walker I believe we got to uh, a thousand followers today we did and in fact we not only reached a thousand followers, but we had somebody pretty prominent in the business become the one thousandth follower. Mm-hmm. About Clinton Yates following the Weston Walker show now. Pretty good. We did not expect that, but he is the one. I expected it to be some maybe random listener, somebody that okay, we might remember him because of the number of follower that they are. But Clinton Yates, we're out here, Wes. I mean, I, I guess that makes us have made it. I don't know. But we appreciate it. So dude, are we doing meows today since we got the 1,000 followers? Because I know <laughs> no. we said that's what we were going to do or are we going to wait till we're back in the in the studio so well, everybody can I think hear that all was three a, of us. See, the, it's almost like the infomercial that just keeps on rolling. It's, oh, you have to call now and uh-huh. then you get the deal. 
we look. It was a one-day thing, okay. and nobody reached it. And so now we have to get a. We got to give you a new goal, and then we'll give you okay. something new, right? Because if we just say, "Oh yeah, we'll do it. Get to it whenever you want to," yeah. that's that's not applying the pressure yeah, on the true. listeners. And so, yeah. fifteen hundred, we'll apply something then. And if we're okay. close to it, we'll you know get what us I'm the fifteen hundred, so. folks. And, then and yes, we'll, that's an elaborate. We'll get the cop job out. done. Yep, that's it an elaborate is. cop out. All right, we're getting back into the Carolina Panthers conversation and the future of one Bryce Young, aka QB one. And I guess we start the conversation at how concerned should we be about Bryce's NFL future. Let's go to Peter King first with some of the comments he had on what the football about judging Bryce Young and his future. What's happened to him happened with Daniel Jones this year. You know, how can you tell whether a guy's going to play well or be any good when he never, ever, ever has time to throw or to, or to uh, you know, to, to make a good decision? because he is always under the gun. So, I and look, I'm not sitting here and saying, well, you know, maybe he will be better than C.J. Stroud. I doubt he will be because C.J. Stroud, you know, a year from now, we might be talking about him and the Mahomes, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, Burrow category. So I'm, I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is I have no idea how you judge a quarterback no matter whether he's 5'5 five, five or 7'5, uh, I, I don't know how you judge a quarterback based on the lack of protection that Bryce Young has had. Yeah, and so when you talk about a, a young quarterback, that's part of the process. When you pick uh, in the top five, the top ten for that matter, it's a team that needs some work. I mean, the Carolina Panthers were preaching the messaging of being a quarterback away from really being a contender and potentially winning the NFC South, but then we found out once this offensive line regressed like they did, the weapons weren't where they needed to be, that this looked like a football team that had the number one pick. And so we know with these squads, it takes time. Whether you want to go back in the history, whichever quarterback you want to select to talk about, uh, all of these guys did not get better until they had guys join them to help take some of the pressure off. And so for Bryce Young, I think that's when we're truly going to be able to see just how good he is when they do find him that number one when they do get him adequate protection I mean you don't have to put up a a you don't have to go out and sign five five Pro Bowl offensive linemen this offseason to be able to accomplish that but if you can get a couple of guys in there that can change things up a little bit and be able to be more serviceable in the run game and the passing game then I think we're going to really see uh, what this kid's got well and they didn't sign five Pro Bowl offensive linemen last year and it was a good offensive line it's why the fact that they did not perform anywhere close to what they did last season threw everything awry in the worst of ways, especially now that you have a number one overall pick at QB. You can go out and get Austin Corbett and get Bradley Bozeman and have Taylor Moten and draft Icky Iquanu, and it worked for him. And this year, it was night and day in the worst of ways to see them blocking for Bryce Young or not even really blocking for Bryce Young. So you're hoping that they can fix all of that. Yeah, I don't it, I think you're right. It, there there has to be something that changes with this team before we get a real evaluation. And it doesn't mean that Bryce Young is playing excellent football. There are some things that he could help with 100%. Like I totally understand all of that with Bryce making some bad throws, 
really holding on to the football the while because he doesn't have any separation downfield from his wide receivers. And also, there are people beating Bradley Bozeman, beating Austin Corbett or Chandler Savala. I mean, the left guard position has been a revolving door of terribleness for this entire season. So can you escape the pressure and find somebody downfield? Both of those things haven't happened enough. The real question is, how much is Bryce hurting the offensive line it's a help me help you situation how much is he hurting his own protection here Wes well the thing too and, and one thing that I want to bring up is when you look at uh, the average pocket time for a lot of the uh, big time quarterbacks in the NFL and I mean Bryce Young is sitting there at 2.5 seconds according to uh, fantasy pros and so you look at Lamar Jackson he's sitting there at 2.5 seconds Brock Purdy is at 2.6 uh, Jalen Hurts is at 2.7 but these guys have guys that are winning matchups inside yeah. of that 2.7 seconds, that 2.5 seconds to be able to get the ball off. Now, is it all um, of the offensive line's fault or all the receivers' fault? No, there's blame to go around for everybody. But when you look at Bryce Young and you go back, and it was the first time, Walker, that I'd heard a coach bring up a quarterback's footwork affecting um, offensive line play. And it's to the point where they felt like they needed to go to the owner about this thing. And so when I went back and looked at some snaps and you do see some some snaps in which his footwork gets a bit lazy, which I think uh, throws off the timing of the play, which can cause sacks if your footwork is not where it needs to be. I mean, and, and I said to you during the break, I said, if you were to go and to mock a quarterback and do a mock drop back of seven steps, you're going to have a certain look about yourself. The shoulders are going to be turned toward the sideline. The feet are going to be coming. I don't know how nice the feet are that you got going on there, but most people are going to imitate a quarterback and then drop back the same way. And with Bryce, sometimes uh, you don't see that. I see drop back sometimes where his shoulders are square on the line. I don't yeah. know if that's coached or if that's just a bad habit. I see sometimes the footwork is lazy when he's dropping back as well. And so all these football plays have to work in unison and a quarterback's footwork is certainly part of it. That's why you have drop levels. That's why you have three-step, five-step, seven-step drops. And if you're lazy in that drop and throwing off the time, and yeah, it, it can mean uh, bad things. Also, we heard about how he could be driving back too far sometimes and giving the defensive linemen these fast guys that are coming out of school running 4-5 and 4-4 those twitchy fast twitch muscle type of defensive ends coming off of that line and if you drop back too far well hell it's hard for a 330 pound man to catch up with a 260 pound guy that's got a crazy first step and so those are things that he needs to clean up and so the article illustrated how Frank Reich said that those were among the things he was going to work on this offseason when you talked about mechanics and footwork and things of that nature but that is something Something that should be, he should be getting coached on on a weekly basis. Well, so yeah, this is why I want to get real inside football. I want to be NFL matchup, okay? <laughs> I want to be Merrill Hodge. Oh yeah, man. Tried. I'm That's trying the to. Good stuff. Uh, right there. I'm trying to get there. So yeah, you're right. If you talk about dropping back deeper into the pocket, the further back you drop. I would say I would think, as you mentioned, it's hard for a defensive end to get a straight line rush the further back you drop. And then it's really hard for the tackle to get out in front. And then if you do have to get out a little more wide, then the defensive end can just make a real easy inside move. And now you're flushing them out of the pocket because they got to pick a side to run to. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have that. If he is dropping back so deep. I would have to imagine a lot of that has to do with the lack of interior pass protection because you, you can only stay in the pocket if you have enough room in the middle. 
But if you get beat inside, if you're facing Dexter Lawrence, and Lord knows that was a bad grade that we got for Bozeman. <laughs> yes. I think we got a zero from Chandler Savala if you let Pro Football Focus tell it. So you can't stay there. Like, you got to keep going back. And then I wonder, okay, so if his shoulders are square to the line of scrimmage and it's not a great drop back, I think that hurts the offensive line too. How much of that, though, is compounded by the fact that he often is looking to run? And so what, what I'm, I'm worried that he is so scared for his life back there that he doesn't have his shoulders pointed towards the sideline, that he's already anticipating needing to escape the pocket and look downfield. And if that's the case then he's just continuing bad habits at this point. Well, I also think sometimes if it's not something that you rep on a regular basis and something that you drill, and I'm sure he does do footwork drills and things of that nature, but you have a tendency to get lazy, especially when you're a really good athlete and, and um, you know, a kid that's always been a whiz kid of sorts back there in the pocket, they get bad habits as well. And so sometimes I think when not coached enough or coached hard enough, as they say, that's lacking in that building, then you see some of those bad habits habits come out and so to your point about the linemen these defensive ends they've become so just so specialized in what they do that you're seeing things now like you watch the Eagles play in Melada and uh, Johnson their two tackles when I was watching that game against the 49ers I kept wondering if Lane Johnson was false starting because he was kicking out of there so fast. Well, we got this in the first game of the season with the Chiefs. Jawan Taylor, the <laughs> officials just weren't calling him out. as they well. Started too. Yeah, oh, yeah, and so it's like when you watch some of these guys, but these guys have to get such a jump on these players because, I mean, you're talking about these men that are so explosive, so twitchy, and people always wonder how does a fast 40 time translate to a defensive end because you're like, oh, well, you don't have to um, run 40. 40 yards in a game like that or a defensive tackle, man. But when you can run a fast time at those sizes, that means you're twitchy. And that means if you're timing up that snap count and you're getting off that football on time and you have that type of explosion, that's going to be very hard for a tackle to get out in front of. And that's why you see these tacklers now trying to combat that and trying to get off of the line and get into their kick step as quickly as they can. This is why for me, I, I, I wonder how much of the offensive problems are solved by just getting better interior protection. Because, Wes, <laughs> we've evaluated it every single week. We probably had the worst left guard situation in the entire NFL. Yes. Chandler Zavala, I mean, I don't want it to happen. We like the pick when it happened. Okay, you put him along, alongside Icky. There's some familiarity there. We like the pick. It's gone about as poorly as it could. And there's always pressure, even with Bradley Bozeman, who has never been a better suited pass protector, more so than run uh, blocker anyway. And so I wonder if, okay, you put a couple of guards in there that are just average. How much does that not allow, uh, not force Icky to be on an island? So even if so, even if Icky Iquanu is blocking one-on-one, you don't have any help. Now Bryce can stay in the pocket, doesn't have to drop back as deep. Or if that's the case, then, you know, Icky can get in front of his, you know, because we've seen, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling, but we've seen the defensive ends beat Icky off the line and run straight towards Bryce a mm -hmm. couple of times. We were just watching the film before the break, and we saw that a couple of times. If Bryce can hang in the pocket a little bit, I have to imagine that puts you, tackles, in a better situation to keep those defensive ends at bay. But if he can't stay there because the interior's given up pressure. I see you, what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. so, like, if you just get better protection up front, and specifically with your guard-center-guard combo, 
then maybe the tackles are helped out a little more like that. Yeah, in theory, but it, it's, you know, offensive line is certainly a five for one. We talked about two for yeah. ones yesterday, one of our favorites, but it's got to be five for one. That's and that means everybody's got to be <laughs> on one accord on that offensive line. And so, yeah, it helps when you have stability in the interior as far as the quarterback not moving off of his spot. But still, when you're getting beat the way Icky gets beat sometimes, as I said, these guys are as quick and as explosive as you want. So if you give up an inside move or you give up a straight rush on the outside, a speed rush, and that's what Icky's been doing as well, it's still going to look bad. It's still going to turn out bad. Even if the guards are holding it down, you give it up, your guy's getting back there. Now, maybe it might not be as many bodies back there in the backfield, but if I get beat, Bryce is still going to have to move off of his spot um, inside of that two and a half seconds, more than likely to be able to get outside the pocket and avoid that pressure. So, and a couple of things, too. Yes, he is a shorter QB. And so it's going to be hard for him to see over the line if he gets closer to the offensive line. I think that's a real issue. But he also can't step up in the pocket a lot. Yes. Because if there's pressure, yeah, it might be because Icky got beat. You know, Taylor Moten. Now, see, that's where the help comes. Yeah. If he can't step the up. interior is holding it down, not giving up a lot of ground, and then you happen to get beat, maybe you have the good fortune that Bryce can step up and avoid that sack and then let something go that's a completion. I also want to bring it back to the very first point you made, and it's about the outside help you get from your wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Because, okay, here we are discussing se separation constantly, guys winning one-on-one -on -one matchups. We go back to when Miami was playing Carolina. One of the stats that we noted was the fact that Tua gets the ball out of his hands so fast, but you're also not sacrificing challenging downfield. And it's because, not okay, speed kills. We all know that. But it's the fact that Tyreek and Jalen Waddle get downfield so fast that you don't have to hold on to the football in order for them to get 40 yards down before you can let that thing fly. You can get rid of it like you're throwing a screen pass. You can get rid of it and throw it downfield like you're throwing a slant. And so the offensive line is helped by that. And it just, it's complimentary football, if we want to go with another cliche here. Mm -hmm. we, we, I feel like we've gone with a lot of them today. <laughs> but complimentary football is your wide receivers helping your offensive line and your offensive line helping your wide receivers, but specifically, if you have enough fast guys on the outside, you can still get a first down. You can even get air yards based off of just you know throwing a first down while also getting the football out of your hands really quickly, and you just don't have any of that. You don't have any of that with Bryce Young, and if the goal is to keep as much pressure off of your rookie QB as possible, you have done a terrible job at that this year. If that's the goal, and you don't have any pressure being taken off because the offensive line is stout, and even if he has to hold on to that thing for a little while, it's okay because the offensive line can hold up for three seconds. Or if you need wide receivers that get separation and create a big enough window for you to feel comfortable as a first-year pro to throw that thing in there, but they're not doing that, now you don't have anything working for you. Bryce Young might be bad. He might be a bad quarterback. That's true. But if you're telling me to go ahead and make a declaration on him before we see competent football on the outside or protecting him, I'm not going to do that until I see it. Yeah. And so also when you talk about that pressure given up and, and from Bryce and, and things of that nature, guys winning matchups, that's another aspect that a 
prominent receivers that can win matchups on a regular basis can help. I mean, think about having a, a, a twitchy guy like a Tank Dell sitting there in that slot that can win his matchups immediately, where even if a guy does get beat inside of two seconds and change, Tank Dell can get open. Or you think about some of the better receivers in the NFL, inside of that little bit of time he's going to get, they can get open. And he's got somewhere to go with the football. And also the defense is going to be a little bit more hesitant in what they bring as far as blitzes and how exotic they want to get because they know that you do have a weapon out there that can hurt them if they get a little bit too um, off the chain. So it's going to require a lot of shopping, a lot of diligent shopping, and a lot of um, the the type of shopping to where they've really got to pinpoint the exact type of players for the exact type of offense they want. They've got to develop some type of identity if they want to start to become successful on offense. Well, and here we are talking about the receivers winning early. I don't even feel like we see the receivers win late. And so if yeah. you're off schedule, if you're off schedule and you're escaping the pocket because you already got somebody in there, and then you know how you have the rollout. Wide receivers have to adjust. They got to run with you. They got to find open space. Wes, it doesn't even feel like they're completing passes there when Bryce Young thrived off that in college. Whether you had a first-round receiver you were throwing to or not at Alabama, he thrived in the off-schedule plays. And it doesn't feel like even the wide receivers are adjusting well enough, even after your three-second drop back. Now I got to escape because pressure is breathing down my neck, but I was able to buy a little more time for myself. The only time you really see it is if Thielen is winning within, I don't know, seven yards of the line of scrimmage. But even that's when you can see the deep plays. That's when you can see the safeties. You ask them to cover for way too long. Now they got to make a decision. You got somebody else rolling over to the other side of the field. That's when you can have a bomb put on you. Not with Carolina. Not with the receivers that just don't adjust well enough. Even with Bryce Young doing enough to escape the pressure. And that's the problem. They don't win early. They don't win late. They don't win. And neither do the Carolina Panthers as you look at their record. Yeah, and, and that's where that go-to guy will help too because in those situations where things break down, the defense will be so worried about where he's at or either he's going to be able to break off and be shrewd and make himself available to Bryce Young, but that also will take the pressure off of the lesser receivers that you had and enable them to be able to make plays. But when we come back on the Wesson Walker Show, we turn the lights off, we close the door, do all that stuff, and we're going to shut this thing down on sports radio 92.7 WFNZ from Boston. Get in the car. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wesson Walker closing it down. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. 
here in Boston for the Army-Navy game happening on December 9th. It's the first time the Army-Navy game will be held here in New England. We're going to be going to Foxborough, going to Gillette Stadium. Are you excited to see Gillette? West? Oh, man, yeah. I figured you So would. many great games I've watched there throughout the years. Um, you know, I was a pseudo-Patriots fan just a little bit. I mean, I loved Brady, yeah. and the year they went undefeated, I really enjoyed uh, watching them that year, the pettiness. You know, I'm petty, so I like that when they were hammering everybody for the uh, for the cheating scandals and all of those things. So, yeah, man, it's been a lot of historic football played on those grounds. I think this will be – so I have a weird list of stadiums that I've visited. I have, of course, Bank of America Stadium. Even with my Indiana ties, I have still not yet been to Lucas Oil Stadium. I have oh. been to the RCA Dome. Okay. I went to the RCA Dome. I got to see Peyton Manning actually break the single-season touchdown passing record with 49. That's good stuff. Brandon Stokely. Brandon Stokely in the back of the end zone. His 10th of the year. Also, the first time that three receivers had 10-plus touchdowns in a season for one individual team. And that receiving quote was sick. Marvin Harrison, Reggie, Reggie Wayne, Wayne and Stokely, and Dallas Clark in the, at the tight end. Crazy, right? Absolutely crazy. And Edron James? Derek Glenn on the offensive line. Who was probably good for about two penalties a game, but he was not. He was going to keep <laughs> yeah, it up. Yeah, that offense was something to see. It was nuts. It was nuts. And they won, I think, at the end of that game. That was when the Chargers were still rolling with Drew Brees, and they came back and beat the Chargers in that game. So RCA Dome, Bank of America Stadium, I'm going to add Gillette. Those are the only three stadiums I've ever been to. Ah, okay. How many have you been to? Um, NFL. Not a ton, but college football. I've definitely oh, been in some saying. of the cathedrals. <laughs> yeah. uh, been to Tennessee, Florida, Florida State, Nebraska. Um, I mean, you, this is just on your schedule. Though, Miami. Right? I mean, you just playing for a lot of these teams, right? I did. Oh, the field, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, getting yeah. The, oh, well, some of those. Oh, no, were, it counts more. Some of those were recruiting visits. Oh, okay. Yeah, Tennessee was a recruiting trip. You That's did the game when my mom fell asleep <laughs> at the stadium. Oh, why'd she fall asleep? <laughs> I tell you, we we had to get up really early. We had a really late game that night because you know at the beginning of the season in Charlotte it's always storm season, so mm -hmm. a lot of high school games get pushed back or you get delays. So we played Providence that night. The game went to overtime. We didn't end up getting home till like one o'clock. Um, I, I, I think we had a weather delay in that game too, and so we had to get up and go to Knoxville at like six o'clock because it was a 3:30 game, and we had to get up and go at six o'clock. But yeah, man, dead in the middle of Florida and Tennessee when it was the game mm -hmm. in college football or one of them. And yeah, my mom was sitting beside me sleep, and I woke up. I said, <laughs> "Mom, I said, how are you sleep right now?" And she's like, "I'm tired. We had to." Get up early. <laughs> Hundred and seven thousand people in there. Yeah, it didn't matter. Just yeah, out. Man. Did yeah. not matter. Oh, by the way, we did have Jack write in on the text line. Be honest, Walker. Be honest, Wes. Y'all are up here to recruit Bill to go coach for the Carolina. We are, man. You got us. You got us. Tepper sent us up here. He paying us under the table on the payroll to come up here and see if we can persuade uh, Bill Belichick to become the next coach. All right, we we actually have him on the airwaves. We'll let's send it back because we do have Bill Belichick. Uh, uh, Bill, if we were to give you a sales pitch to come and coach the Carolina Panthers, what would you have to say about that? Um, you know, it'd be a, a great opportunity. Um, coaching warm weather in, in December for the first time. Um, you know, uh, we got great uniforms, good color scheme, um, NFC South. So, uh, it'd be it'd be a great opportunity. 
Uh, would you? I wear, think that's more than we would actually get from it. I know. I think that's true. I, but the only thing is, would you still wear the uh, the cut off sleeveless hoodies here in Charlotte? Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let my wife decide that. Okay. All right. I didn't know. There uh, he go. broke up with his girl. Yeah, I was about to say. Well, yeah. he's got a new one. Bill he told us that. Single. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he got him a new. No, I thought I was just joking. Oh, okay, yeah, Bill yeah, okay. Belichick that right. just joined us there. Apparently, that's him. It's nobody else. <laughs> so we appreciate Bill Belichick for also joining us here. We got a lot more guests coming up tomorrow when Media Row really starts popping off. So that's going to be a lot of fun with a bunch of different guests that we're going to have here as we get ready for Radio Row presented by USAA featuring. Um, uh, a bunch of people that will be uh, coming over here and talking with us. Who knows who we're going to And it will be documented. Uh, we've been be. a little light on documentation as of yet, but everybody seems to enjoy the flight picture that we took before. Yeah, off. the flight picture, that was, uh, you know, we we made sure we texted Fiddy. At least we as in you did. Yeah. You said, <laughs> uh, I think you said, you called him a curse word maybe or it was close. You said we're here blank is what yeah, you said. Yeah, I did. And, so <laughs> and so you said that and then Fiddy said people Loved the picture. We were checking it out. And, of course, people were making fun of what is my resting high face. Every yeah. time I take a picture, I'm going to look high. So you brought that. You guys brought that on yesterday, talking it up. I don't think people would have otherwise. But, yeah, they, they definitely loved it. Man. Yeah, re yeah, the resting THC face. I think people were happy for it. It's like, oh, our Weston Walker, they're going on a trip. They did. They loved it. They said, look at our guys making good. I mean, we had almost 4,500 views of that picture uh, just last night alone. So everybody was excited. What? a great flight. I enjoyed that flight last night. Yeah, let, me, you, let me say. And, and hey, salesman, he was asking, he asked if I did it. I uh -huh. don't know why. Maybe I look like the kind of guy that would do it. He asked if I take my shoes off during a flight. Uh -huh. I do not. But I do. Somebody does. <laughs> yeah, well, the seats oh, were no. nice and comfortable. <laughs> the seats, listen, I'm clean. My feet are clean. My body is clean, so I don't have to worry about that. But I'm not taking out bare feet. I've got my sock feet, and they're in my area. I'm not putting them up on anybody else's seat or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I get comfortable on a flight. I have my Mission Impossible 7 going deeply yes. in, engrossed into that. Took my shoes off. The flight was nice and dark in the cabin. It was it was lovely. Yeah, I uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, you really did. I mean, I... I walked away with what I thought was a fine flight. Um, maybe a little bumpy. Maybe the time. movie gave me a like the think, boost because I was so into the movie. I think man. that's what it, it was. so good. Mission Impossible 7 was so doggone good. It was It was good. I liked it as well. <laughs> and you had it. What I think is nice, though, is that now they have the phone trays that you could put up there and yes. just watch the movies. That's some, like, within the last year That's so. a nice added perk. Then we got the Biscoffs. We did. All those things are... <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And then last night, I did something new. I was going to tell you about it. I'm not normally a pretzel guy, but I sat there last night and I said, "Oh, I got a little sweet and a little salty." So I'm um, um, two pretzels in and then a bite off the biscoffs. That's what I was doing. I, I, I said I, so. So our guy Roy's <laughs> been helping us out all day. We appreciate the hell yeah, of Roy helping like us out Roy. this entire. Yeah, be careful now. You know, Fitty. When we come back, we're gonna hear about it. I'm Maybe you saying. guys should hire Roy. To come down here. <laughs> He's a yeah. <laughs> Fitty is at peak paranoia right now. Uh, Roy was all thumbs up on the biscoff cookies I, Fiddy just recently if you don't know took his uh, first trip on a plane first time ever riding on a plane over the Thanksgiving holiday and Fiddy I know you were a big fan of the cookies as well I mean it was what got a grown man to quit crying 30,000 something feet up in the air <laughs> so 
Just give me the cookies, man. Yeah, I even got them. I got them on the way back because they offered me the pretzels, and then the little flight attendant came back, and I told her, I said, hey, I need the cookies, and she brought me some cookies. So, mm. And there's something about cookies in the sky. They hit different. <laughs> you said you said beers at the airport hit different. They do. And and cookies in the sky. I guess that's true. Cookies in the sky. Why do different. I need to have my shoes on, though? Like, my feet are clean, and they're I mean, socks. Like, you can understand why people would ask that question a little right. bit, because it's, it's an enclosed area. Right, but you guys must think I'm some dirt bag that gets on the plane with my feet after 14 hours of working and then just let everybody just deal with the smell. No, I'm very clean. But if I, well, I mean, you know, feet... They smell sometimes. It's not like yeah, but I'm really clean. Before I go get on the flight, I'm taking a shower. You didn't wash your feet though, did you? Yeah, I washed my feet. I mean, I hope so. If you were in the shower. But before you hopped on the plane, you went back home and then no, sure you just, no, I did that's not. But saying. I was clean. But but that but that's what I'm saying. You can't. It's not like you can. Okay, sweat glands turn off of the feet. <laughs> well, right, my feet don't good. sweat like that. I mean, and that's fair. That's yeah. fair. But I can understand. I don't know who you are. So I'm not. I don't know if I should be giving you the benefit of the doubt that oh, you know, that's a clean pair of feet right there. Go right. ahead, let loose, buddy. Well, unless you smell some funk coming from underneath the seat. I did not. It's good to go. I did not. I will. I will and tell the you, cabin was dark, like I told people. The cabin was dark. <laughs> I was. I was right beside him. I can tell you, I did not smell the funky that's feet right. of one Wes Bryant. That'll do it <laughs> on a Thursday edition of Wes and Walker here in Boston, getting ready for the Army Navy game in Foxborough in just a couple of days. Once again, big shout out to Justin, Roy, helping us hook up back to the Planet Kia Studios back at home. Jimmy for setting it all up. We got a lot of people to. Think. We like Roy. We might bring him back. Roy's coming back. Hey, Roy's come back with us. Uh, we're going to make yeah, sure. Come. Okay. Yeah, he's, yeah, I know, Vinny. Sorry, Vinny. Also, thanks, of course, to right. Kyle Bailey helping us take this trip and setting us all up for what is a great time. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, here's that man, Kyle Bailey, alongside Smoke Ludwig. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.